There's no switch to flip when solving for the lack of diversity, inclusion, and equity at agencies. It's not a weekend warriors project. It requires strategy. Bold Culture's approach provides cultural insights for marketing and talent managers. We consult with companies on how to foster inclusion, connect them with diverse talent across the ladder, and we work with our clients to develop authentic multicultural marketing campaigns. When you're unlearning generations of bias, you need a strategy that works for the long term. Want to know where to start? Contact us at info at boldculture.co. Or visit us at boldculture.co. Welcome to Mixed Company, bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Uh, Mixed Company. Company. I feel like we've been gone for quite a few weeks. A little bit. Um, you've been just said it. I've been gone. <laughs> Can't happen. <laughs> Can't lines happen. Yes, we've been all over the world, um, quite literally, from Europe, the south of France, yes. to the South Caribbean, and we are back in New York City uh, for the Advertising Club of New York's Masterclass, which we were telling you all about. Woman Now. Woman Now. now, (laughs) We were telling you all about that in our last episode, so we're so excited to be here again. I think last year I was here um, as a part of the program, and now we get to kind of watch, and while we're watching, give you guys commentary, so... You know what's going on. You don't get all the FOMO, um, but just a little bit of FOMO because you need to be here next year if you aren't here this year. Um, and, yeah, it's been great so far. Yeah, I mean, I think the the theme for this year, defining our moment, well, not my moment, but women's moment is definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Your moment uh, is definitely a, a dope one. We've already heard uh, Cecilia Carter. Carter. Miss yes. Cece, yeah. straight from, straight from uh New Rochelle. I just okay. know that she lives in a beautiful neighborhood, and I've been dying to go to her house for years. Okay. Yeah. And we're on the second one, which is Maya. Maya, yep. Maya Roberts. Maya Roberts, yep. Yes. So pretty much what we've been hearing so far is a lot about empowerment. So Ms. Uh, Cecilia came on, and she kind of walked us through her story um, of going from high-powered executive to essentially starting her own business. And the way life has kind of uh, crisscrossed and zigzagged to get her here um, and and how she was able to define her moment in that. Hopefully we get a chance to chat with her um, about that experience a little bit later. Um, Little known fact, before like uh, maybe eight months before I quit my job, I spoke to Miss Cecilia. (laughs) It was really supposed to be like, um, just like a a quick phone call, like, hey girl, how you doing? And it ended up turning into a whole session uh, where she basically told me about my life and how I needed to get it together and make better decisions for myself. Oh, and it's a good read. It was a good Good read. read. It was a good, good, good read. So that's interesting because when you you mentioned empowerment, the first thing that came to my mind is it wasn't, it was realistic empowerment because sometimes you go to conferences and you're listening to the person talking you're like you know what that's not necessarily that's bullshit but that only applies to you if it's not realistic it doesn't apply to the mass 
to the masses. And one of the things that she was saying while she was up there was, you know, before she quit her job, that she was miserable. Exactly. And so speaking to your point yeah. of when you quit your you were miserable. And so she said she was yeah. a high-powered executive right. VP at Pepsi. Mm -hmm. um, she obviously ha has a doctor in her title, and she was making all kinds yeah. of money and miserable. Yeah. There's nothing like being having money and miserable. Like, that is not what yeah. I want from a life. No. And, and, and to the, back to the theme, like, to be able to define your moment, you have to kind of define where you are mm -hmm. before you're able to, like, define it. And so being able to say that you are miserable, that you are not um, reaching your full potential, that you, people are holding you back, like, that is the moment before you actually reach the great moment. And that was one of the things that she touched on while she was up there, which was, like, really empowering. That's really good. I mean, I think when you are in self-awareness, like, self-reflection is the hardest process mm. because it's either people holding you back or you holding yourself back. Mm -hmm. And accepting that truth is very hard to get to that, to Super get through that difficult. process. You know what I mean? Super difficult. We also have been listening to Maya Roberts um, as she's kind of talking about confidence. Um, and I, what kind of triggered me was that there were three types of confidence that yeah. you can have mm -hmm. and I was like I never actually thought about that I, I always You're like I have all three I just have all Thanos. three but she, you know <laughs> one of the things that she called out is like what can what confidence do you lean on and which confidence challenges you between relational political and intellectual um, and so I had to have a moment with myself today to be like girl you rely too much on your Bill Nye the science guy stuff to, to get you through life and you need to train your other confidence arms. So that was, yeah. that was a really good conversation. It, it's funny because you mentioned that because Karina and I were talking on Friday and I was mm -hmm. telling her like like about the recipe. Like right. you, yeah. people in order to like really reach your full potential you need to know how the not only the recipe, but how the ingredients work, like the mm -hmm. science behind it. Mm -hmm. And so, it sounds like this was after reading uh, Shannon Washington's. That was also part of it, uh, yeah, article. because yeah. the pancakes. The pancakes. Um, if if you haven't read Shannon Washington's article, which is on Medium, um, about adding new ingredients to old recipes that don't, that, and how it doesn't work, uh, you should go read that. But the fact that she was pointing out those three, like basically the secret sauce, right, like this, this you, you know, like to. The three types of confidence, confidence, the intellectual, the political, the relational, and how to master those and use those strategically to get what you want and basically define the moment that you're trying to have. Exactly. Yeah. I think, like, what stuck out to me was using your voice. Like, that is something I personally try to work on, I struggle with. So to see confidence in three different lights and helping that to use my voice was really, gave me a different perspective because you just don't grab a bag of confidence like things happen to help you build that it does no, it's muscle memory it is muscle memory speaking of muscle memory we have one of the strongest women we know <laughs> <laughs> the strongest most, most powerful women we know in advertising sitting here with us right now I'm going to give her a second to sit in that because I don't think you get to hear that often and it is truly um, important for us to have you here on the show. We have Gina Grillo. Uh, hey, hey. The, so I know that you are the president, right, of the Advertising Club. What else do they call you here? Because I'm like, I'm like, I feel like I've heard so that? many. There's yeah. so many. There's so many other titles that they call you besides the boss. CEO. You are in charge, CEO. Yeah. I hate the word boss. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that one word really, I just it to me. 
I think we're all in this together. And I always it approach speaks everything. To how great it is to work with you, though, because yes. you're not the boss. You're the team player. Your partner. I am the team player. Well, Gina, thank you for joining us, and thank you and Erica and team for continuing to put on this impactful and empowering event. The masterclass is super. Uh, influential in our careers and honestly in this podcast so so it's been so great to get to know the three of you um, because I think we probably I probably saw you at a conference doing these high-powered conversations mm. and said wow who are they what do they do <laughs> and then um, when you both um, were part of the fellowship this past year we got to get to know each other a little bit better and um, it's, it's, been, it's been my pleasure to get to know both of you in that capacity. And then Simeon. Today I wore the pop of color that he gave our, all of our printed oh. materials and all of our look and feel for the event. So um, it's, it's, been, it's been my pleasure to get to, get to know you all better. Today um, always feels so great. Like the spirit in the room from the minute yeah. you all like walk in, people come in and they're just super positive. And I think um, Cecilia, when I first met her a year ago, um, like I just defined the woman as magic. Mm. Like I, I just looked at her and I was like, you are, like after we talked for like an hour or two, I'm like, you are just a magical person. Mm -hmm. And um, I think today hearing about her story I, I didn't like you know some people are just happy-go-lucky and positive and you don't ever think that you just think that they've had this charmed yeah. walk mm -hmm. and to let you know to hear her talk today just about all the twists and turns was um was intense because I was like wow to be able to as you know a lot of people we're all managing life mm -hmm. um and so to hear that she had so many and so many real ones that yeah. are like not easy fixes. They're definitely not Instagram moments. Yeah, they're, they're like not easy ones. fixes. And for her to maintain mm -hmm. that level of positivity and faith and light mm -hmm. was just amazing. Yeah. I mean, we talk about that definitely, uh, especially working through the fellowship, we had to kind of come to, to terms with a lot of those moments in ourselves and utilizing the negative moments, which aren't negatives, they're just not the picture perfect ones. It's life, ones. Right? life moments. Character yeah. building. The, the character building in order to turn that into um, your executive presence. So yeah. your experiences help to define our executive presence, which is what we speak a lot about um, and what comes to fruition within each of us in the fellowship. And you've literally been at the helm of all of that for us. So thank you, yes. obviously. Um, I'm not taking credit for that. <laughs> I mean, um, you don't I have, have to. No, I think one of the things that, oh, look, let's hear somebody that could take. Um, <laughs> hey, Tiff. Tiff Edwards is here, guys. Tiffany, Warren, so, Tiffany Edwards just yes. walked into the room. Oh, Tiffany Edwards. Hey. <laughs> I, said, I, I always say Ted Words because that's your, that's your email. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that was right on cue. It was, yes. it was cue. That was right on cue because it was really, um, you know, when Tiffany Edwards was at the Ag Club um, that we launched the fellowship. Exactly. And really the, the idea was just to... What would it be like if we provided access and nurturing to women who don't get a seat at the table right. and um, who have their head down and are working hard and thinking that that's the most important thing to get ahead? And um, we saw in really quickly just how um, impactful 
that opportunity could be to people. And I honestly, every class, every class of women that come through teach us something different. Wow. Um, because the first class, you know, it's like the first. So, okay, it's all like a bundle of energy and excitement and all the promise of what right. you hope. And then um, the second class, you know, it maybe took a minute to get to that same level. More souffle level. Yes. Let's talk about the third class. Yeah. And then the third class. But no, but it's like every single class taught us something else about what needs to go into the makings of this. Mm -hmm. The and ingredients. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. To yeah. Totally. And so um, I'm grateful for every one of those um, groups that have come through. I said, really, the goal for us is how do we keep you all close? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because um, you know, you now you are on a track, mm -hmm. and we want to continue to fuel that track, and we want to be part of your story for the for the length of your career. I mean, and for so many of you, we feel close beyond the career aspect, just as people, right? right. So, um, I think all that's really our goal now. Amazing. It's like to make sure that we stay close, and that um, we can continue to nurture your spirits, give you platforms. Yes. So that um, you can continue to grow and make introductions where you need them. And and then hopefully one day we can say, can you help somebody else up? Oh, my gosh. You know, of like course. that's the goal. Let me ask you a question. With the master class, I'm sure every year there's something that you want people, or especially the women here, to walk away with. Is there anything that you want to make sure that everyone walks away um, feeling or, or thinking or what, what should the takeaway be after everyone leaves today? Yeah, I mean, I think Cecilia was amazing in just being so authentic about her story and so open and really empowering people because it's like, wow, okay, those things happen to all of us. And look, this woman is such a shining example of how to sort of dust yourself off and keep going. And then um, Maya Everyone's sitting there taking copious notes because every yeah. single thing that she's saying is so important. And I think, you know, we take it for granted. This, um, the whole notion of confidence, you know, some people are born with it. Like, okay, they're bold and they're audacious and that's how they walk into a room. You know, I tell people, and nobody ever believes me that I am a shy person, but I am a shy person inside. Okay. I force myself out. But that's something that, you know, okay, if you don't know me, you don't believe that or right. you don't see that. But it's there. Right. And so when I look at these three types, I'm like, oh, relational is mine. It's like I always right. think, yeah. oh, my God, why should I, you know, should I be saying that? Am I, you know, I always question that. But it's like pushing yourself and believing that what you have to say mm. is important. And um, I think you all, everybody knows inside of them what feels right. And I think you just have to. It feels right to you, then you can put it out in the world because I you have to own that. it. True. Owning it is so that. important. Yes. And um, I think out of everything for the day, I, you know, I, I want people, there's a lot of tangible things here today. Mm -hmm. So there's like these great moments of empowerment and there's yeah. these, um, you know, quotable moments and Instagrammable yeah. pic books and all <laughs> this kind of stuff going on. But there's a lot of intangibles. Mm. It's like, you know, the person that's sitting at your table get to know them yeah. or if you know if you see somebody that is trying to say something but can't actually get the words out mm -hmm. like reach out to them it's like the let the environment soak into you because they become part of the whole day and the, the yeah. whole story and I think the intangibles are things that um, really take place somewhere in your being and 
if you're if you if you're lucky enough to be able to sort of take them all and gather them, they propel you forward. Amazing. Yeah. Well, Gina, thank you for stopping yeah. by. I know you're busy you. on this beautiful day <laughs> at this amazing event, but every second that we get to spend time with you and speak with you and just tell you thank you is important for us. So thanks for letting thank us crash. You. Thanks yes. for letting us crash. So How we can about get I can't you guys? I mean, I think, you know, saying, you know, being part of this, capturing people's thoughts, um, giving us a beautiful sense of design and, um, you, know, you know, materials that people are like excited about. So All that's of that you. is incredible. Oh, you want to pass? Oh, yeah, thank you. Yes, yes, yeah, <laughs> Come on, friend. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful to the three of you. Thank you. You're welcome. Oh, thank it you was for, a pleasure. Thank you for coming into our life. Amazing. Well, we love being here. Obviously, we take up Shaq in the office all the time. Well, it's you're truly our door. penthouse. So. Open door. It's a club. It's, 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 it's a country. Club. It's a clubhouse. It's a clubhouse. Yeah. Forget Soho House. We got the clubhouse. <laughs> all right, guys. So we are going to take a moment to continue listening to what's going on at the event, and we'll be back with some more commentary and hopefully some more interviews. Peace. Yep. Bye. So like we said, we are here at Women Now, defining your moment, defining our moment, talking about all of the empowering um, things you need to know to make it in your career and quite frankly, your life. So we have all of the powerful women here. Most amazingly, uh, specifically to me, I won't speak for everyone, <laughs> but definitely for me, she was a, uh, has been a catalyst in a lot of the decisions that I made last year in my career. Miss Cecilia Carter is here. Um, she did the opening keynote. Uh, which had Happy. so many of us ready to run to church. Uh, yeah. At yes. one point, I was like, where did she find her man? He did what for you? A surprise okay. launch party? Where did where they make them at? With a step and repeat. With a step and repeat? Was it a five foot or an eight foot? Like, these are important things. So it was really exciting. I didn't to... even know he knew what a step and repeat was. Okay. <laughs> Whatever store you got him at, that's what I'm looking to go to after this. Um, but, Mrs. City, thank you for joining us. Yes, Absolutely. Yes. Happy to be here. Um, so, it'd be really great. I, I mean, I don't want you to go through your whole speech again, but, like, in a short sentence, what did you talk about today? I talked about positivity and empowerment and just shared my stories of successes and failures because I think it's important that everybody know defining your moment is something that evolves. It's evolutionary. And in this age of social media, where we see things happening that appear to go into perfection in two months, it seems to condense life into a two-month phase. And so many of our young people today think it's supposed to happen like that. But things take time. And through those years that you put in, you're going to experience highs and lows. And the best thing is to know that you have to have those uh, and meet those challenges. So that's why I centered my talk around facing yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I broke it into three segments. And when I was sitting down preparing for it today, I said, what would I want my younger self to know that I've grown and, and known now? And I broke it into three segments, just saying, I wish I could have looked at myself and had greater self-awareness when I started my career. I think that's amazing. Even as we were kind of giving like a little teaser into what we heard uh, you speak to earlier, 
uh, we talked about how you you shared with us your non Instagram moments. Yeah. It's like we live yeah. our lives on social media and all the sexy pictures and the cute pictures. Y'all saw my ponytail. It was the hot girl summer for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it took a lot to get there. It took a lot of gel. Yes. It took a lot of eyeliner. Um, but you did look fierce. Yes. <laughs> thank oh, you. Yes, and that with inner that, fierceness was there. Thank mm-hmm. you. And I think with that, it's just important to hear other successful women's stories um, about how it's not always sexy to get to where you are. And while you are the strategy chick right now, mm-hmm. like you may not have always felt that way. So I think and that vulnerability was amazing. And I wanted to be uh, humble. I wanted to be vulnerable because I remember starting out. The first job I had in advertising was with Needham Harper and Steers, Mm. and that was 1985. I got the job by taking the Red Book and writing letters to all the CEOs of major agencies in Chicago. Mm. Dick Needham sat with me. He hired me. And I thought, oh, this is going to be the beginning of everything because I had wanted to be in advertising ever since reading an article about Carolyn Jones in Essence magazine. Wow. I didn't know what advertising was. I was living in the, I grew up in the Midwest in Cleveland. My parents weren't college educated. <clears throat> they didn't have that ability to expose me to those things. But Essence gave me a window into what other strong, positive black women were doing. And I read about her having her own agency. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I want to do that. I wrote her snail mail. And she responded. And when I came to New York to visit friends, she met with me. And she talked to me about uh, the the business. And I was working on my MBA. I went back to Chicago. I finished. And I wanted to work in advertising. So Dick Needham hires me. And I come in. And I am it. And unfortunately, Don Richards, who Mm. you probably know, he was leaving (coughs) them at the time to move to New York. So there was only one other black person in creative and maybe one in media, but no one in account management. So I remember working on craft business, and I thought, okay, how do you get the hang of things? What I could do, what I was really good at, was bringing people together to do that creative freak. I knew strategy. I didn't always know how to play the politics. Was that a discipline at that time, or was this just a part of like the workflow for account services? It was part of a discipline approach in account services. Got it. So I'm in account management, and we had to bring together the media group, the research group, and write that creative brief. And because I had a business background, because I had actually worked in sales for a couple of years before joining Uh, agency side I knew how to write a creative brief Mm. and I could bring the client's perspective and help the creative team and I respected them that was the other thing a lot of account leaders did not respect their creatives I could see that did not or did not still don't still don't (laughs) (laughs) and so I said nothing's changed in 40 years consistency is key I get it okay but they they didn't know how to treat people so, and that goes back to what I was saying today. People are the most important part of anything that we do, and you have to respect them. But sometimes we don't respect ourselves enough, so you can't give it to someone else. And when you're working and trying to collaborate, that's what counts. So I treat people with respect. I treat them with that same positive approach that I shared with you. 
And like they always say, you get catch more honey, you know, catch more bees with honey, yep. or, or flies with honey, however it goes. <laughs> but I'm nice to people, mm. and then they want to work with you. So that I did well. Playing the politics, I didn't understand. Okay. So that's where I would say, ha, huh, that More was relational, tough. less political It confidence. was the political piece. <laughs> okay. That, you know, I'm relational, and <coughs> I'm intellectual, because I, I knew what to do, but... Part of it was I was an outsider. You know, they had clicks, and you could feel the clicks, and I could see it, and it took me right back to that little girl me who never fit in. But I couldn't articulate it then. I had to grow up a little more to see that. Got it. So I know a lot of people come to you for advice, myself included. Have you received any advice over the years that you feel has um, helped you build your confidence, uh, especially in your career? Absolutely. <coughs> so... One piece of advice that actually came from Ann Fudge, and Ann was my mentor, and we, I was at GE at the time, and I said, you know, Ann, I don't know what to do next in my career. I knew that I wasn't going to make the highest levels of um, executive leadership in GE, but I didn't know where to go, and she encouraged me to look at my skills differently. She said, just take some time off. You don't have to plunge right back into another job. That piece of advice allowed me to take sabbaticals at critical times in my life and not worry about re-entry into the workforce. So you've taken multiple oh, sabbaticals. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> How long you are we like talking about? <laughs> you sound like a millennial. You sound like you were born in 1985. I was, I was ahead of my time. <laughs> I was always ahead of my time. Yes, I took a sabbatical. The first one came after I had my second daughter. And I took natural time off when I had Chandler, my first. But when Cammie was born, it was different. And I was going through a, a, a more difficult time. And she was my last, and I wanted to be home. So I took a full year off. I went to GE and asked for what I wanted. But I learned how to do that because Ann gave me that advice. So I said, look. I want this time off. And at first, they looked at me like I had two heads. Oh, well, you have family medical leave, and you have this, and you can, we can get you up to six months and guarantee your job. I said, no, I, I need a year. And then I kind of tossed in, well, you know, you really have to remember, I am an African-American female over 40, hmm, <laughs> pregnant. That's very real. You got to lay it on thick. You gotta, yes, you okay. got to use your assets. That's what I did. And I negotiated that time. And while I was off, I just had the best revelation that, you know what, I don't want to work in that environment anymore. So after 12 years, I left GE. But I had a year to really think about what I wanted to do next. And what I really wanted to do was work in the entertainment business. Now, I always kind of follow my passions. And I had wanted to work in entertainment for Ed forever. When I was a GE, I wanted to work at NBC and could never transfer over. So someone calls me and says, knowing my love for music, says, um, Spencer Stewart's doing a search for the executive director of the Rhythm and Blues Foundation. We think you'd be perfect. I'm like, of course I would. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I called them, and I sent them my resume, never thinking I'd get it, because I figured entertainment business was filled with nepotism, and they called me back. I went in and started interviewing. My first interview was with Bonnie Raitt. 
Okay, I'm sitting there. It's with Bonnie Ray, and I'm trying to keep my jaw up. And she's just talking to me, and you know, how would you raise money, and how would you bring corporate ideas into this new environment? And I just talked from the heart. But what I really feel got me the job was the day I had to come meet the entire board. And there were a lot of celebrities on the board. And I came in with my little PowerPoint pitch. No one else had one, <laughs> okay? Now this would have been around 2003, something like that. That's at the, the height of PowerPoint. Okay. That, that is at the, the dissolve. The dissolve and the yes. bells were everything, yes. yes. And I came in and I had scanned in, imagine that, I had scanned in the labels from my 45 collection. Oh, you were a regular yes. old uh, programmer. And I told the story of why they should hire me using song titles. Mm. So well, it was- um, Strategy. It was right. strategy, yeah. there you go. So one of the songs said, uh, I took Etta James and when I ended my pitch, I said, at last you have found your executive director. And I had the little mm -hmm. photo scanned in and, I talked about my knowledge, and I have a vast knowledge, mm -hmm. of music. Because when I was growing up with my dad, that's what we shared. Mm -hmm. So I pulled it out there. I could go take it all the way back to the 30s and 40s and the ink spots, and I could bring it current to whatever hip-hop was playing. And they hired me. You talk about process and like taking sabbatical. Like During mm -hmm. that time, what did you do? I know a lot of people mentioned meditating and, and all of that. But do you have a process of when you see that, okay, I need to take a moment? Mm -hmm. Like, what is your process? Well, first, sometimes you, I, you have to pay attention to what precipitates your need or, or request to take the time off. Most of the time, it was centered around my family. And the first time I took off, uh, it was because I had just had my daughter. The next time that I took off, it was um, because I had been through so much transition and I had gone through a divorce, and the girls needed me. So when I would take the time, I didn't plan that time. My, my effort was to make them whole, to let them know that they felt, could feel secure, that I was there, because prior to that, I was on the road all the time. So I opted to have my career take a back seat. Some women don't do that or can't do that, but I had the luxury of being able to take the time, so I did it. I traveled with them. I took them to visit my sister. We went to Texas. We went to Martha's Vineyard. I took two weeks here and there and bonded with them. And then I went back to work. That was a six months time. Another time that I took off, and this was a big one, is for my mom. And that, you know, by the time I did it, she couldn't talk anymore. And I felt so guilty because I had been in Seattle for the last uh, time. But in my heart, when I'd come in that room, I knew that she knew me. She didn't have Alzheimer's. She had a form of dementia that's worse than Alzheimer's. But I would come in there and her eyes would follow me. And I could tell just the connection. So I took the time. And then when I remarried and moved back east, I took a whole year off because my husband, who had been a widower, he had three boys he'd raised on his own, and they needed a mom. The girls had had the you know, benefit of having a mom the whole time, but my sons hadn't. And even though they were older, they needed mothering. So I stayed home and spent the time with them. 
and more importantly, decorated that house. Oh, honey, it was. Yeah. I hear it's nice. <laughs> I've heard great things about this house, by the way. Yes. Okay. We, we, we gutted a 106-year-old house, wow. moved out, and my husband gave me carte blanche. He said, go ahead. I asked one thing. You give me the kitchen. I'm like, you must be kidding me. <laughs> but he didn't. He let me design it, but he built it. So it was, that was our child. And I'm, you know, I come in that home, and it's, it's ours. We gutted it. We took. There wasn't a room that wasn't t untouched. So you, I'm just hadn't. asking for the wrong thing. Did you ever can build? Figuratively and literally. So you've you've had multiple eras or pivotal moments in your life where you've had to define your moment. There hasn't been like one key moment that you've had to define. What would you say is a key step? in each of those times that you've had to define your moment that you've had to take that mm -hmm. you feel people can take away to define their moment moving forward? You have to be in touch with yourself. And generally, your gut is telling you that something is amiss or that a change needs to happen. When you don't listen to that, it's when you get in trouble. Mm. So you have the ability inside to pay attention. And that's why I say the first step is to face yourself. You have to peel all the filters away that you use when you face the world and face the mirror and just be honest. You have to go, okay, this is working or this isn't, or it's working so well, I want to take it to the next level. But it requires you to sit there and stare, your, stare at yourself and go, okay, who am I? Very the hard fair. stuff. The hard stuff. It's hard to do that. Yes, Lord. Well, <laughs> on that note, thanks for taking us to church. Um, it's okay. It's all right. And church, faith is important. Yes, amen. It doesn't Let's matter see. what religion or whatever you feel. You have to have faith. The world is crazy today. Today? Yeah. Well, it's been, it's been crazy the whole time. I, I remember the joy of going to Obama's first inauguration, standing there. And that was a, oh, what an experience. Mm -hmm. I got to go to everything the balls, everything, because I took um, some very, very wealthy friends of mine and, and introduced them to Ann, who was a bundler for him at the time. Mm -hmm. And they converted from being Republicans to Democrats and, <laughs> and supported him. When he won, their gift to me was a full weekend package for the inauguration. They put, <laughs> yes, I am blessed. Uh, they put some rich, friends. Fr right, rich friends. <laughs> At that, very well, rich friends, we'll very wealthy friends. <laughs> but the, the trick to that was that I had to have the kids first, and the kids met in school, and so our kids became friends, and that's how we became ah. friends. So if you don't want any kids, girl, forget that. No, but anyway, I babysit all the time. Right. That's, that's all cool. it does. But the, I went to the inauguration, and I remember just the, fee, the raw emotion mm -hmm. of sitting there crying mm -hmm. to see this. And then I look at where we are today, and it feels like everything is negative. And that's why I don't post negative things in social media. Mm. I know I don't agree with Trump. I don't agree with a lot of the things. But I don't proliferate it because my part in helping us to get to another place is to send positive messages out. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean I don't laugh at it behind the scenes. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I try to propagate positivity. You Amen. definitely do that. You've definitely yes. done that here today. I'm so, so glad. Cecilia, thank you so much for everything you do, everything you've done today. 
Uh, we're excited to have you on the show. Happy, um, just, happy you know, to be here. Blessing us with your grace and your good vibes and all of that. Giving us master lessons. Come on, just <laughs> like know, a whole continuous master class. It doesn't I'll tell end. You what's important, and I want to leave you with this. I remember starting out in this industry, and I loved it, and I still love it. And when I look in that room and I see the various colors of people and faces, I know that there's progress. And I want to be able to contribute what I've learned personally and in business to people who really can make a difference. You're doing it. I've seen your growth. I've seen you get out there. Um, you know, when you went to, to Cannes, it was incredible to see the inkwell represented that way. That would have never happened. And those are people who are taking it to the next level. More of that and anything that I can do to support that is all, it's all gravy. You heard it first, y'all. Yes. It's all gravy. <laughs> well, Miss Celia, thank you so much. You guys will be back with more interviews and commentary next. <laughs>